Hey folks, I'm Pastor Eric Tritton from Gloria Day Lutheran Church in Hudson, Ohio, and this is A Weekly Word. Thanks for being with me. I'm glad you're here. Uh, we are in part three of a series on low anthropology. I think I have three more episodes to do after this one, um, and it might be helpful for you to go back and get the other two episodes before you watch this. Um, but if you don't want to do that, you do you. Um, um, hopefully this will make some sense, uh, but I do think you'll understand it better if you see the other episodes first. So, uh, low anthropology. Uh, David Zoll wrote this book uh, because he believes, as he says, that low anthropology is an important part of seeing people as they are as opposed to how we would have them be. I think that's a great insight that a lot of times we look at people and we know what we want of them. We know the expectations that we have for them. And the same is true as we look at ourselves, that we have expectation of ourselves. And sometimes we don't live up to those things. Uh, we see ourselves doing things that don't make sense when we strive for different goals in our lives or we try to be a certain type of person. And when we recognize people and just accept them for who they are, that can generate compassion and it can be an important part of lasting love for ourselves and for others. So in talking about three, or in talking about low anthropology, Zoll identifies three pillars uh, that uh, all people have going on in their lives. He, he, he says that, that we struggle with limitations, doubleness, and self-centeredness. And last week I talked about uh, limitations. And this week I wanna talk about doubleness. So what do I mean by, by doubleness or what does Zoll mean by, by doubleness? Well, well doubleness, it's, it's the competing forces or the, the, the conflicting voices that drive our behavior. And to give an example of this, Zoll uses uh, binge watching television. Uh, this wasn't a thing when, when I was a kid, you know, the shows come out, would come out a week at a time. Uh, now Netflix drops a whole season in a day and you can spend that whole day watching that, that season. And doubleness is when you're watching the show and you know, you have things to do and you really, really want to get to the, the, the important work that you need to do, but you're going to do it after one more episode. And one becomes two, becomes three, and the next thing you know, uh, you haven't accomplished the thing that you wanted to do. So Zoll puts it this way. He says, we know the right and responsible thing to do. We know what would make us feel better. And we'd like to think that we'll do it after one more episode. In another place, he, he talks about doubleness this way. He says, doubleness describes the baffling divergence between what we think we want to do and what we actually do. When we hold a high anthropology, we think that with more knowledge or education or motivation or discipline or some kind of internal fortitude, people will make the right choices. They'll, they'll, they'll pick the right course and, the, and they will actually, as Nike likes to say, just do it. 
and, and we think that that's us too, that with the right mindset and with the right information that we'll, we'll do the right things. But if you've ever tried to, to diet or exercise or just, you know, watching TV sometimes, you know that doesn't always work out. And you know that when we do things that are inconsistent with our desires, inconsistent with the things that we say that we want, uh, that we experience a kind of judgment. And sometimes that judgment is external. When somebody knows these are the things that we're striving for, we don't live up to it, and they speak to us and tell us that we're not living up to our, our expectations or their expectations of who we should be. Um, and sometimes those, uh, those judgments are internal as we sometimes beat ourselves up. Low anthropology finds that we are a mix of emotions, that we're, we have complicated motivations and, and we're filled with internal obstacles and resistance. And when we recognize that about ourselves, we're actually in really good company because St. Paul said the same thing about himself in the book of Romans. And he's really describing the, the human condition here and his frustration with his own doubleness. You know, so check this out. He writes this. I do not understand what I'm doing because I do not practice what I want to do, but I do what I hate. Now, if I do not want to, if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. So now I am no longer the one doing it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my flesh. For the desire to do what is good is with me, but there is no ability to do it. For I do not do the good I want to do, but I practice the evil I do not want to do. Now, if I do what I do not want, I am no longer the one who does it, but it is the sin that lives in me. For in my inner so I discovered this law, when I do what is good, evil is present with me. For in my inner self, I delight in God's law. But I see a different law in the parts of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and taking me prisoner to the sin in the parts of my body. What a wretched man I am, he says. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with my mind, I myself am serving the law of God, and with my flesh, the law of sin. He, he recognizes he's got these, these things that are pulling him in different directions, and it's driving him crazy. He wants, genuinely wants, to do what God calls him to do, but he continues to sin. And maybe you can relate. Maybe you can, can recognize that in your own life, in, in these different aspects of, of who you are. And I want you to really grab hold of where he finally throws himself. It isn't with, you know, I need more knowledge, I need more education. It's basically, I need a savior. I need grace. And thanks be to God that he gave Jesus in order to rescue us from this doubleness that is inside of us that we're going to continue to live in for the rest of our lives on earth. I was talking with a counselor one time about this, and, uh, and he said that he likes to use partial language when he's dealing with these internal uh, conflicts. 
Um, he says, you know, you talk about it this way. You say, part of me feels whatever you feel. Part of me wants whatever the thing is that you're dealing with that you want. And then you recognize that part of you uh, feels or wants the exact opposite thing. And he, he, he says that by doing that, uh, it can help you to make the choices that, that you need to make because you put it up there in front of you and you can see it a little bit more clearly. You know, uh, and, and I have found this to be, be true in my life, you know, that we have these desires where part of us wants one thing and part of us wants another. You know, so, you know, part of me wants to have um, a, another piece of pie and part of me wants to be healthy and to be able to run and, and, and have a long and healthy life. Well, which one's going to win? And sometimes seeing that, recognizing that helps you to be able to talk about that. And that's just a silly example. You know, what about when the desires are deeper and darker? Because that's part of who we are too. Recognizing that, confessing it, living in forgiveness and grace can be very helpful for us to change our actions and our motivation. And it can also be helpful to have compassion on people. Because one of the things that, that Zoll realized, and I think others have realized this too, and it's really important, is that the heart overrules the head. These desires that come up within us, they overrule what we know to be true and what we know to be right. In spiritual terms, this is a big deal because the heart is deceitful above all things, says the prophet Jeremiah. You know, we have all these movies that say, follow your heart. Don't follow your heart. Your, your, your heart will not always tell you the truth and what is right. And so in Psalm 51, we're taught to pray, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. So that we desire the right things, the things that are according to God's will. So it's helpful for us to embrace doubleness as a reality. You know, people, well, people are obtuse. And they do things that are counterproductive, sometimes even self-destructive. And if you're a people, sometimes you're obtuse. And you do things that are counterproductive and self-destructive too. I know I do. And a high anthropology would say, well, shame on you. And it would judge you for that. But a low anthropology, it allows us to meet that doubleness within us, within love. And when I say love, I don't want you to hear acceptance. Because love does not necessarily mean acceptance at all. In 1 Corinthians 13, it says that love hopes all things and, and, and bears all things. And that it rejoices in the truth. So love recognizes that there is, is truth about our behaviors and it recognizes sin, but it also sees something beyond that. It sees the person that God loves and, and, and created and redeemed in Christ. And when the heart overrules the head, this is actually where we find hope for true and lasting change because it allows us to embrace mystery over mastery. We don't have to be the, the masters of our destiny. We don't have to save ourselves, but we can rest in God's grace. 
and we can know that a Savior has come from outside of us. And it allows us to embrace the sublime over Superman and Wonder Woman. You know, we're not superheroes. But God, in, in, in his infinite mercy and compassion, has loved us. And we can be in awe of that. And that awe can work in our hearts to change us. Thomas Cramner um, observed that what the heart loves, the will chooses, and the mind justifies. And there's, there needs to be a recognition in us that we do have an affection for sin. Sometimes we really like it. And what do you do with that if that's what your heart desires? I think that when we find ourselves in those moments where we, we love our sin, that that love has to be confronted with the amazing love displayed by Jesus at the cross. That even in my sin, Jesus would do that for me. Even in your sin, Jesus would give himself for you. So while we live in this world, we're going to continue to struggle. We're going to have differing forces at work in us. Um, the Lutheran theologians, we call this the simul. Uh, it's from the Latin simul justus et peccator. We are at the same time justified and sinners. Same time saints and sinners is how we often say it. And it's true of you and it's true of the people in your life. And when you can meet that and expect that with love and with compassion and mercy, and I do mean love, compassion, and mercy even for yourself, you just might find that there really is redemption, joy, peace, and change. So embrace doubleness not as a way of life, but as a fact of life and bring it to Jesus and live in his mercy and forgiveness. Uh, this one got a little bit long. Sorry about that. Uh, if you're still with me, thank you. And uh, if you liked this, if this was helpful, please share it, uh, help other people to find it because I always figure if this was helpful for you, it'll be helpful for somebody else. God's peace be with you. Mm -hmm.